Hello, Tom here from wherever you are tuning in. I want to welcome you. Uh, this is going to be a fun message for you this morning, but before I jump into that, uh, I just wanted to take a moment and clarify our plans for Sunday gatherings um, for the next few weeks. Now, we're still waiting to hear back from Margarita Middle School as to when and if we can use the facility again to gather on Sunday mornings as we traditionally have with families and kids and all of us, adults, everybody together, praising Jesus, worshiping him, opening the scriptures. Um, so there's still some uncertainty there. So I just want to encourage you, please continue to pray. Continue to pray for God's provision and for his guidance into when and how and all the complexities navigating all these different scenarios um, <clears throat> because we really do, uh, we really do miss being together. We really do desire to gather together for the purposes of praising Jesus, um, bringing him praise and enjoying him together, um, and learning more about what it looks like for us to follow him as individuals and as a community. So please, please, please continue to pray. Um, and as soon as we get word from the school, we'll pass that on to you. Now, for at least the next few weeks, what the plan is going to be is we're going to continue to provide worship and the sermon for Sunday kind of virtual gathering stuff. We're going we're gonna to continue to provide that virtually. So on the, the, the YouTube channel and the church's website, we're going to continue to provide that. And those will become available each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Now, um, the way we're going to do this is we, before what the teams were doing is they were working really, really hard, especially the worship team was working really, really hard to provide like a live kind of praise and worship experience for everyone and, and streaming that live. <clears throat> and we've kind of, if you tune into any of those, you notice that we had some difficulties with, um, with kind of the feed and it being choppy and, um, and the team has worked, like I said, so hard um, to figure out a solution where we're not going to have any more streaming issues. And what we're going to do <clears throat> is we're going to have one about hour long video that'll combine um, a time of worship and uh, a message for you. So we're, we'll have those available. <clears throat> I believe this week, I think we're starting one combined video. But like I said, for the next kind of few weeks, several weeks through the summer, we're gonna, we're gonna provide the virtual content to you um, that you can engage with with your household uh, on Sunday mornings that'll become available It'll premiere at 10 a.m. each Sunday, okay? Now, uh, one more exciting piece of information. Next Sunday is June 28th. And uh, in June 28th, we're actually going to start a new series uh, titled The End. And kind of the subtitle of the, the series that kind of gives away what it's about is, the subtitle is What the Bible Says About the Last Days. So over the course of the last, I don't know, probably two months or so since we've been dealing with a global pandemic and civil unrest with injustice and racism and division across not just our country and our nation, but the world, um, a lot of people have been asking good, really good questions. Um, and some of those questions have had to do with, hey, like, are we, are we in the end times now? Like, are the end times approaching or have we, have we entered into this? So with so much kind of questioning around this subject, Herrick and I thought it would be a perfect time to do um, a short series exploring these ideas of, of the end times and what the Bible has to say about that. Okay, it's known as eschatology. I'm not going to give too much away, but we're going to do about a four, maybe five week series on eschatology, on this study of the end time. So I can't encourage you enough to tune into that. I hope and pray that it will bless you and encourage you in your discipleship to Jesus. Now, for those of you who are tuning into this 
uh, on Sunday, June 21st. Happy Father's Day to you fathers out there. Um, man, I, I know that uh, as a dad myself, it is an incredible challenge, but an incredible privilege to father. So for those of you out there giving your blood, sweat, and tears um, to raising children biologically, um, we want to bless you and say Happy Father's Day to all of you men out there who are made in the image of God and are, uh, <clears throat> are called by God, whether you are a biological parent or not, to spiritually father other people. Um, we want to bless you as well. Father's Day is not just limited um, to biology. It's very much a spiritual reality. We get to relate to the truest father, um, God, through what Jesus has done on our behalf through his life, his death, and his resurrection. So happy Father's Day to all of you out there. I hope that this is a special day for you um, with loved ones. Okay, so let's jump into the stuff for today. Now, you don't need me to tell you this, but the last couple few months has really been a rather disorienting time for many of us. Uh, it's been a painful time. Uh, it's been a, at times exhausting, at least it's felt that way for many people. And one of the kind of the common themes that we've seen pastorally in this season is, is, a, is a rather strong desire for people to want to get away. It's like the, the, the classic Southwest Airlines commercial, want to get away. Like there's this, this desire to almost escape, right? To, 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 to escape unpleasant or painful circumstances. And if anything describes the season that we are currently in, uh, uncomfortable, unpleasant, painful, disorienting circumstances across the board. And typically when we as people try to strategically escape and get away from those things, what do we do? We, we, we take a vacation. Or at the very least, we go on our laptops and we fantasize about taking a vacation. And with summer officially upon us, uh, I thought it would be a very, very appropriate time to actually talk and, uh, and preach this idea of, of vacation, chat through this idea of vacation. Now, here's basically what I want to do. I want to talk through two main things in regards to vacation, okay? Primarily, we're going to use the scriptures, okay? But I want to talk about two things. One, the importance of vacation. And secondly, a biblical approach to vacation. And, and my hope is... Uh, that what we chat through right now will be a blessing to you as we start, as we get into summertime, and many of you are making plans to get away, to take a vacation. So <clears throat> I'm going to pray before I jump into the scriptures. So wherever you're tuning in from, uh, why don't you join me? Let's pray. Uh, Holy Spirit, I just ask for more of your presence right now. Uh, I want to be led by you. My desire is to um, serve my brothers and my sisters. And ultimately, Lord, we want, you to, we want you to guide us. We want to follow the chief shepherd, and that is Jesus. So Jesus, would you lead us? Would you guide us? Holy Spirit, would you help us to see Jesus more clearly in all of this? And we want to walk in step with your spirit. So help us open our spiritual eyes and open our spiritual ears to hear from you. If I say or do anything that gets in the way of what you want to accomplish, God, please, like, like strike it from the record, like, like get rid of it. So I love you dearly, Jesus. Be with us now, Spirit. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be in Mark chapter 6 to start with, okay? So Mark chapter 6, I'm going to read verses, I'm actually going to start in verse 7, okay? So Mark 6, 
starting in verse 7, says this. He, the he there is Jesus, summoned the twelve. The twelve is his disciples that would later become his apostles. So he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits. Okay, so really quickly pause. You have Jesus and he's, he's giving his disciples a ministry assignment here. Okay, now this might sound like, well, that, that's kind of just you know, the people that he was talking to. But listen, this is a consistent theme of any disciple of Jesus where God gives us ministry assignments. Okay, so this is not just unique to these disciples. This applies to every disciple. Let's keep reading here in verse 8. He, Jesus, instructed them to take nothing for the road except a staff, no bread, no traveling bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals. Um, and not put on an extra, extra shirt. Verse 10, he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that place. If any place does not welcome you or listen to you, when you leave there, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Verse 12, so they went out and preached that people should repent. Repent means turn, basically turn from sin, turn from, from disobeying God, turn from uh, ungodly ways. Verse 13, they, they, the disciples, drove out many demons, anointed many sick, sick people with oil, and healed them. Okay, so really, really quickly, you have Jesus, and he gives these disciples an assignment, right? And those disciples, they get to work, man. They're, they're, they're casting out demons, and they're healing the sick, and they're doing some pretty spectacular ministry, but they're working, and they're working hard, Okay. Now, really quickly, this is a different sermon altogether, but it's worth noting, these disciples, they worked together in, in, in a team, okay? They, they weren't isolated. So, right after this, in this chapter, it starts to get into how John the Baptist was executed. So, I'm kind of going to fast forward through that really quickly. So, I want you to go ahead and skip down to verse 30 if you're in your Bible. Verse 30 says this. <clears throat> so, you, really quickly, you have the, Jesus gives the disciples that assignment, they go do it. And then it's where we pick up here in verse 30. It says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, listen in, Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. So we see Jesus' disciples working and working hard. And then Jesus tells them, Come away and rest. You see, humans, you, me, we need time away to rest. It's important, okay? In the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, if you're familiar with the story, you know this. God spends six days, it says, working, like creating everything, okay? He spends six days creating, six days working, and then in Genesis chapter 2, it starts this way. Genesis chapter, chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says this. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from all his work of creation. Okay, so from the beginning, God establishes this rhythm of work and then rest. And keep something in mind. This is before sin even enters into the equation into creation. Okay? This rhythm of work and then rest. 
So after his work, God rested. Now listen, humans are to do the same thing. This is what's known as the Sabbath, okay? This should be familiar. Many of you, are, this, is not, this is not new to many of you, this is review, but this is the Sabbath, this idea, this idea of work and then rest. Pete Scazzaro, a uh, pastor from New York City, he says this regarding Sabbath. He says, quote, the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word, which means to cease or to stop working. It refers to doing nothing related to work for a 24-hour period each week. On Sabbaths, we imitate God by stopping our work and resting. Now listen, keeping the Sabbath, it's actually one of the Ten Commandments. Okay, so it's a command from the Creator to His creation, from God to me and to you. It's this command to stop, to cease working. Okay, so listen. It's sinful to disobey God and not keep the Sabbath, all right? It's a command. And not only does it talk about a Sabbath for people, but the Old Testament talks about this idea of a land Sabbath even. And it's, it's basically where every seven years, they would like take a break. The land, one year out of every seven, they would, they would not grow crops. They would let the land rest, Okay, so it's this rhythm, this, this rhythm that God installed into creation of work and then rest. Work and then Sabbath. So, we're talking about this idea of vacationing today, right? A vacation should be much more than merely recreation or, or entertainment. Now listen, recreation and entertainment is great. It's fine. It's wonderful. It's good. It's not bad at all. But a vacation should be much more than that. You see, a true vacation is an extended Sabbath. It's a time where you, you set time aside uh, or, or you're dedicating yourself to physical and spiritual rest. You're dedicating yourself to things that give you life, to, to things that, that, that delight you, things that, that refill your soul, things that replenish you. Now, everybody's different, okay? So for some people, this will be like napping. Man, like not just a physical rest, but a spiritual rest when you nap. For other people, it's gonna be physical activity, okay? For some people, it might be reading. For other people, it might be watching movies. For some, it might be going out to eat and just letting someone bring you food to your table. For other people, it might be actually staying in and cooking your meals. For others, it might be just engaging with nature. This idea where you're filling yourself, you're, fill, you're taking in and reflecting on beauty. The goal with vacation should be to slow down, to stop even. Remember, Sabbath means to cease, to stop. So to stop even for an extended period of time to enjoy in and delight in God and his creation. So enjoying God and delighting in him and his creation now, probably the biggest mistake that, that I experienced personally, I have in the past, and what I see other people doing is this idea of like they practically eliminate the very thing from their vacation that will give their soul the rest that they desperately need. And that is God himself. He gets removed from the equation and we fill our time with all of this wonderful stuff, recreation, entertainment, uh, traveling, all these awesome things because we, we, we are seeking rest and we eliminate the very thing that will give us the, our souls the rest that we desperately need and that is God.
In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Now, I want you to imagine for just a second, okay? Imagine you're planning your vacation. Maybe it's even this summer, okay? You're planning your vacation and you're planning this like epic week-long trip to Disney World, okay? And you're not going by yourself. You're taking all your family, a few friends, like grandmas, grandpas, parents, cousins, kids, everybody, okay? And if you're bringing kids, you know you're bringing a ton of stuff, okay? So gathering all this stuff, just packing for this trip is gonna take you a day or two, okay? So you're, you're packing your bags, you have everything together, you, 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 you get on your way to the airport, okay? You go through security, all that stuff, you finally get through, it's kind of a hassle, but you get through there, and you get on the plane, and you sit down on the plane, and you're like, we made it, we are on our way. And it's not like Home Alone where someone gets left behind, everything's there, you're good to go, you're fine, you hop on this plane and it takes off and you're on your way to Disney World. And you know, you land at night because you're, you know, you're on the West Coast here and you land at night so you hop in a taxi, everybody, you make your way to your hotel and you get everybody situated for the next morning when you head to Disney World, okay? Everyone can barely sleep because they're so excited, right? <clears throat> the next morning you wake up, you grab your coffee, you have a quick breakfast, everyone's excited. Your hotel even has a shuttle to take you to the entrance of Disney World, okay? So you got the strollers and you got the backpacks and you got the, all the, you got water, you got your whole thing, right? And you get to the entrance of Disney World. And there's a line and there's only a few people ahead of you and you're all there, you're excited, you're ready to go. <clears throat> and you grab it, you reach into your bag to grab your tickets, and they're not there. And you realize you actually did forget something. Your tickets are at your kitchen, are on your kitchen table back home. You cannot enter into Disney World without your tickets. And you cannot enter into true rest without Jesus. So listen, you can plan the most amazing vacation, the most epic trip. But if you don't take Jesus with you, if you don't include him, good luck entering into true rest. Kind of leads me to my second point here. Take Jesus with you on this vacation. Include him. Because human beings, they need time to rest. They need vacation. They need time away. But not from Jesus. You need a vacation, but not from Jesus because he is the only one who can provide us with the rest that we desperately need at a soul level. Uh, St. Augustine, church father, he famously wrote, our heart is restless until it finds its rest in God. And it's true. Just like you cannot enter into Disney World without tickets, my friend, you cannot enter into true rest without tickets. Jesus. And, I, and listen, we've all experienced that terrible feeling when we do go on an epic trip or a great vacation or something that we've been longing for and planning for and excited for. We go on this epic vacation and we come home and what? We're exhausted and we need a vacation from our vacation. 
we didn't experience true rest. We're more tired when we get home than we were when we left. So practically, this summer, please go on a vacation and please take Jesus with you. Include him. He is the only one who can provide your soul with the rest that it desperately needs. And listen, not only that, but it's dangerous for the Christian not to include Jesus. Okay, you see, what happens is when the Christian doesn't include Jesus is they quickly begin to make sinful compromises. Okay, and those simple or those sinful compromises, they have a negative effect on your rest. All right. One of the things that as a pastor, um, a couple examples of this idea that I see fairly often are, are, are the first one would be this um, in regards to kind of making a, a, a compromise, not not taking Jesus with you leads me to take a compromise. And here's one of the compromises where you will go into excessive amounts of debt to fund a trip that you can't afford, okay? I'm not including Jesus on this vacation. How do I know? I'm going into massive debt for this trip. Trust me, that's not going to be restful for you when you come back home and you are in the bondage to debt. Another one that we see fairly often is you're so excited about this trip and that first night, overeating, overdrinking, blowing off some steam, and the next thing you know, you have made poor choices or you feel like garbage, and now there's like this kind of shame or maybe discomfort of the sinful decisions you made, all because compromises were made because you didn't include Jesus in the process. Listen, it's dangerous not to include Jesus in any area of life. Vacation is no different. So the, the remedy to that is take him with you. Include Jesus in everything, especially your vacation this summer, okay? My third point here, uh, I want to chat through how do we practically do this? Like, what does it look like to take Jesus with you? What does it look like to include him in your time of getting away to rest, an extended Sabbath, a vacation? What does it look like to take Jesus with you? Uh, I want to get super practical here, okay? I think this will be helpful. Here's the first thing. Whatever plans you make, whether you're going away, staycation, vacation, far, near, you're road tripping, flying, cruise boat, whatever. Whatever plans you make, invite Jesus. Like, in, in, in a handful of moments throughout your trip, just pray and invite the Spirit of God to be with you. Simple. Throughout your time, take a few moments and just invite him. Okay, the second thing. Take a few moments to actually meditate on his love and care for you. One of the things that uh, I find helpful that, I, I, that works for me is whether I'm on a trip, whether it's vacation or not, uh, when I'm away from my, my typical rhythm is just pick, pick a favorite passage. Um, it, it's probably better if it's shorter, actually. Um, a short passage, maybe even one verse, that's fine. But pick something um, and don't move on from that short passage or that one verse for the entire trip. Okay, so an example would be, um, for me, what I often use is I often use Psalm 23. I love Psalm 23. In seasons where I am struggling, in seasons where I'm away, in seasons where I want to be close to Jesus, Psalm 23 has been like a lifeline for me. I know it's, the, it's probably the most famous chapter in the entire Bible, but it means something to me. It's personal. I mean, think about it. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. Uh, shall not want means like I have what I need and that he leads me beside still, wa- still waters. <clears throat> like his rod and his staff, they comfort me. I, he leads me through the valley of the shadow of death and I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because he's with me. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. All these incredible truths uh, uh, that, 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 that help inform my true relationship with God. The chief shepherd, Jesus, watching over me. He's with me, leading me, guiding me. Why? Because he loves me and he cares for me. So imagine your vacation where there's several of these moments where you're not, you know, you're not going to in-depth expository Bible study, which is wonderful and amazing. And if you want to do that on your vacation, I highly encourage it. But something as simple as grabbing a short passage, one verse even, and meditating on it in different moments throughout your time. Trust me, if you want your soul to experience true rest, the word of God is like living water. It will quench the deepest thirsts inside of you. The thirsts for, for, for approval and the thirsts for rest from all of the work of having to perform perfectly. Guess what? None of us can, but we do know the one who did perfectly for us in our place. And that's Jesus, the shepherd of our soul, the lover of our soul. So pick something, pick a, pick a, a short passage or a verse and, and meditate on it m- multiple moments throughout your trip. The next thing, um, one of the things that's super helpful is to just seek out specific things that you can thank him for. Okay, super simple. If you're with your family, that's a great one. Um, when I, whenever I go on, on trips or vacation with my wife and my two daughters, I just want to stop, it just mentally even for a moment, and just like look at them in these seasons that my daughters are growing up in. It's crazy. They feel like they're growing so quick and just being able to like, God, thank you that I get to be their daddy. Thank you that I get to be, that I've been entrusted to care for them and raise them and develop them into the women that you've called and created them to be. Thank you for my wife for the, the, the ways that she cares for me and the ways that she's gracious, gracious and forgiving to me. Um, thank you for the practical blessings in my life. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that we're on this, this trip. I mean, we're not on a trip now, but you know what I mean? Like, thank you for the, the time away or thank you for the provisions. Thank you for the home that we live in that we're not in now. Thank you for uh, the, the employment that we have or thank you, thank you for the many blessings that you have, you have, um, uh, you have bestowed upon us. Take time to thank him. Thank you for the air in my lungs. Something as simple as thank you for the good weather if you're in a place where the weather is enjoyable or the breeze or seek out different things and engage with God by saying thank you with gratitude in your heart. Uh, the next thing here, uh, one of the things I highly, highly, highly recommend is having like a go-to worship playlist of just songs that, that touch your heart Songs to Jesus, songs about Jesus, songs um, of praise, songs of reflection, songs of, even songs of lament at times. Songs that, that capture your heart's cry and gratitude for God, for who he is, and for what he's done. Throw that playlist on. I mean, it could be like if you're going on a road trip, put it on in the car and give yourself over to praising him even if it's internally. Externally is just as important, but even if it's internally. If you need to put it on your headphones or something, you have a time away, you take a walk, or you're you know, just having alone time in the evening or in the morning or throughout the day, put on your headphones. If it's, if, even if it's I mean, anywhere else, put on that worship playlist and praise God from an authentic place. You need it. 
We all do. Okay? And the final thing here, this one's really practical as well, is let your meals remind you of his body and his blood. Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, laying down his life in our place to free us from sin, Satan, and death forever. It's the greatest gift that's ever been given, okay? An amazing, restful vacation, extended Sabbath is a great gift, but it pales in comparison to the gift of Jesus Christ, the sacrificial lamb in our place. Use your meals as strategic times, like Jesus says, right? Whenever you eat and whenever you drink, it's this beautiful opportunity for us to tangibly remember and celebrate God declaring his love for us and demonstrating his love for us in Jesus by laying, laying down his life. We can do that with every meal we have, whether it's a bowl of Cheerios or whether it's the best steak you've ever eaten, okay? Whatever you're eating, taking a time to remember and celebrate who Jesus is, what he's done for you personally, and what that means, not just now for the moment that you're in, but for eternity, okay? Use that time to enjoy the meal on a deeper level. All of these things, just practical ways to include Jesus into your vacation, into your extended Sabbath, into your time of coming away to rest because your soul needs it. And I'll, I'll leave you with this. I just want to encourage you to actually do this, like to follow through, to take time away, to rest, to vacation, a biblical vacation, okay? and to enjoy that time away. So what I want to do is I just want to pray a blessing over you that this summer would be a summer of rest for you and that maybe, just maybe, a time of vacation is part of that, part of that plan, okay? Let me pray for us. Father, I want to pray for everybody tuning into this right now, and myself included, that this summer would be a really unique time for us to experience in a fresh way, the rest that we have in Jesus. We don't have to perform because Jesus performed perfectly in our place. We can maybe spend some ex extended time just being, just, just filling our time with beauty, filling our time with things um, that replenish us. Spending our time enjoying delighting in God and his creation, delighting in you. So would you show us how to do that? Well, maybe this would be the first time we've ever done that in our entire life, an actual, true, biblical vacation. Not just a time of entertainment and recreation, but a time of deep soul rest. So I pray, Holy Spirit, for your guidance in this. I thank you that you're a loving Father, God, who invites us into rest, into rest. And thank you, Jesus, that you secured that for us. So would you help us as a church this summer to be people who actually do this, who actually set aside time to rest, and that it would rebuild our strength, replenish our strength, so when we come together this fall, that we would be, uh, yeah, we would be at full strength, I trust you, and I love you, Jesus. Amen. Grace and peace to you. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you next week when we start the, uh, the End Time series. And uh, yeah, enjoy the virtual content, even on vacation. I love you dearly. God bless you.